Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Amen. Well, hello, friends. It's so good to be able to bring um, the word of the Lord to you today. I want to share with you um, a little bit from Psalm 42 and 43. We were looking there uh, last time, and I want to just go there again because it's so powerful. I normally read uh, New King James or the New American Standard, but I was reading today, actually I was reading today in the book of James, chapter three and four, oh, in the Passion Translation. And reading it in a different translation is so good because you sometimes you can get familiar with one translation and hearing it in another translation helps you look at it freshly. And uh, oh, it's so good. It's like a holy chiropractor. Straighten you out, James 3 and 4 there about being kind to each other, being careful with your words, being walking in humility in the fear of the Lord. And it's just, I love it when the Word of God is correcting you and helping you and directing your path. You know, the Word of God for us is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And it's so powerful. Hallelujah. But today I'm having a look here in Psalm 42. It says here, It's uh, titled, A Cry for Revival. Hallelujah. I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure, flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. I want to skip down now, down to verse 7. It says here, My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Other translations say, my deep, uh, my deep calls out, deep calls out to deep. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. And I want to just speak to you a little bit about your deep need. You know, each and every one of us were wired for connection. I really struggle when I'm not able to connect with people. I I, I'm a, a toucher and a words of affirmation person, and I, I crave connection with people. But you know, more than that, I crave connection with the living God. Because as much as it's wonderful to have fellowship with people, God wants to be the one that supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory. That is, he is able, and in fact, the only one who is able to meet the real depth of your need. There's lots of ways we can meet our needs, and we have all sorts of needs, human needs. And and we can be, if we're not careful, we can fill the needs with all sorts of filler that don't actually bring genuine happiness. The world seems to be on a search for happiness. And they they think maybe if this happens, or maybe when that happens, maybe if I could find um, find a spouse, or maybe if my children were walking with the Lord, or if I was healed, or if this was happening, then I could be happy. Well, God wants to do all those things. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. But it's not to give you happiness, because true happiness comes and is found in him. That's not just some vain philosophy. It's not just some religious talk. It's a genuine reality. Your deep need 
is crying out for the deep kindness of his love. But our needs, they are very real. Whether, it doesn't matter what sort of personality you are, you have a fire on the inside of you that is burning and craving love, craving connection, craving affirmation, craving encouragement, craving uh, the voice of the one who will speak into your identity. You're craving to give and receive love in its purest form. And the only way that you'll ever truly find deep, lasting satisfaction is in Him. Hallelujah. During these times where um, most of us are housebound, it's so easy just to, um, to get a bit lazy and you go to the refrigerator. I tell you, I think I put on two kilos in a week. Just, I, I'm not hungry. I'm just bored, I think. Sometimes I go to the fridge and I think, no, don't, Catherine. But it's, it's easy to fill fill the space and to fill needs with, with, with whatever seems to be at hand. But that's why we need to be very intentional to fill the needs with that which God wants to fill us with. Your deep need cries out to know Him. Our memory verse for this week is Ephesians 1, 17, and it's about the Holy Spirit wanting to give us power to know Him, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. We crave to know Him. We crave to know more of Him, what He's like. And people say, well, you know, you know, when you're born again, you have everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. Second Peter chapter one. Yes, I know that. But God still wants us to recognize that there is a deep craving in our heart to know him more. And that more, that cry for more, isn't an orphan spirit, isn't a, um, a lack of faith. It's it's what real relationship looks like. Now, I, I have my father, who I love so much. He's just a, such a wonderful man. And mum and dad were divorced when I was about four years old. And um, prior to that, he was in Vietnam serving as a doctor. So I didn't get to see him for a couple of years, even when I was an infant. And then when they divorced, I only got to see him once or twice a year. And, and I valued every moment I could get with him. And still today, he's living in New South Wales and I only get to see him occasionally, but every moment I have with him, I treasure. And when he, when he opens up and shares a story, I mean, there's so many stories that he has that I don't know because I haven't had the opportunity to hear them. But every story he can tell me, every little insight I get into who he is and his life is treasure to me, is valuable. And I want more time with him to hear the stories. I found out um, only a couple of years ago, my brother said, oh, do you know the story about when dad was in Vietnam and he helped a few doctors set up a, a hospital for abused women? I said, no, I didn't know that. And it's like, oh, I want to know. So last time I saw him, I got to have some time and find out. And he said, oh, yeah, that's, we did do that. And, 
And my heart was like, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. Even though I'm his daughter, he's my father, he loves me, I love him. I crave to know him more. But in the same way, my heart craves to know my heavenly Father more. He is my Father. I am His child. I am joined to Him. He has taken away my sin. I've confessed my sin and He's faithful and just to forgive me, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He now says, I am part of His body. I am with Him and He is with me. He is in me and I am in Him. And He says, He'll never leave me or forsake me. In fact, he says that he, he wants to fellowship with me continually. Paul prays that we'd know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I don't get to visit with him occasionally. He's with me all the time. And yet I still crave to know him more. I've read these, this Bible from cover to cover and I've been reading it since I was 12 years old. And yet I still crave to know him more. And these pages show me and reveal to me who he is. And just because I've read the story before doesn't mean that there's not more of him to discover. And then when I go to pray, to hear the daily bread, the fresh manna that he has for me is so powerful and so vital. I'd love to hear from you and you can write to us. And let me know what the Lord's been speaking to you. We love, we love to um, hear from you and the testimonies of what the Lord's been doing in your life because your testimonies reveal more of Him. It's His stories. Your testimony of healing is a story of something that he was involved with that I don't yet know about. And I wanna know that story because it's about my father. So your testimony is revealing Jesus. When Jesus turned the water into wine, it was the beginning of the manifestation of his glory. It was a manifestation of who he is and every miracle is one of his stories. And unless you tell us, that's a part of his story that we don't know. So it's so powerful. When you share your testimony, it gives God glory. Hallelujah. He is so, so wonderful. And so your deep need is crying out to the deep kindness of his love. He's longing for you to recognize and to know that his spirit is calling you. Sometimes, you might find yourself thinking, well, what am I going to do tonight? And your habit might be just to sit down and maybe watch some TV. But why don't you take a moment instead and say, Lord, what does my spirit want? Because you can fill it and occupy it with information and noise and entertainment. But your spirit still craves something more satisfying, something deeper. And as you, as you learn what it looks like to say, Lord, what does my spirit want? And then hear what he says. As you then go and receive what you are needing, that's how you enter into genuine joy. I was asking the Lord just today, I was saying, Lord, what does my spirit want? And I heard him say so clearly, you wanna know me more. And that's true. That's what's going to satisfy me right now. Sometimes when I've said, Lord, what does my spirit want? He said to me, you want to be loved. And so I've intentionally gone into my room, got on my back, 
put some worship on and just lifted my arms like a little child and said, up, oh, Daddy, I need a cuddle. I want to be loved. Help me to love you. Help me to receive your love today. I need more of your love. My deep need is calling out to the deep kindness of your love. And in faith, I'm here to receive it, knowing that you said anyone who asks will receive, knowing that your word says whatever I need, you will give it to me according to my your riches in glory. Well, I need love. I need encouragement. I, I ask the Lord all the time to encourage me. I often wake up in the morning having had some discouragement the day before. I'll wake up and say, Lord, please encourage me today. But I'll pray it in faith knowing that He wants to encourage me. He's not there saying, oh, suck it up, girl. You're stronger than that. You, why do you need encouragement? Is, you know, just get on with it. That's not the heart of the Father. In fact, He is the Comforter. It's actually one of His names. The Holy Spirit, our Comforter, wants to comfort you more than you are asking for comfort. He wants to encourage you more than you're asking for encouragement. That's why Paul says, I pray that you will know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit because He is jealous That's what I was reading today in, in James chapter three, that God's jealous for you. And that jealousy isn't a scary jealousy that, that is um, selfish. His jealousy for you is, I have what your deep need is calling out for. I have the encouragement that you are looking everywhere else for, scrolling through your Facebook comments, for looking, looking online for, I have what you're looking for. I have the encouragement. It's so good to encourage each other. I'm not saying that you don't do that. Please encourage each other. I love hearing your encouragement and everybody loves an encouragement. That's a good thing. We can be like God. There's never too much encouragement you can give. Hallelujah. We're called to love like He loves and He, he is abundant in His encouragement and His comfort and His celebration of us. He rejoices over us for singing. He's always got something to say. But God doesn't want us just relying on other people to fill that need because they are not able to do it. God alone is able to meet you in that deep place that He alone, He alone is able to fill. He's the one that knows you better than your spouse, better than your best friend, better than your parent, better than your child. He knows you intimately and He loves you. And if you've given your heart to Jesus in that you've said, Lord, I believe you are the Son of God. I need mercy. Forgive me for my sin. I need your grace. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. I give you my sin and I receive by faith your forgiveness. Come and be my Lord and Savior. Then the Bible says you've become the righteousness of God in Christ. He doesn't even remember your sin anymore. And when, he, when I say He knows you, He looks at you and He doesn't judge you on your past sins. He looks at you through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and He says, clean, forgiven, holy, righteous. And you need to hear Him say that to you personally because I can say it till I'm blue in the face, but when you go to Him and say, what do you think about me? And you let the Word of God tell you the truth, The Bible says that He remembers your sin 
no more. And he wants to tell you personally that you are forgiven, that he looks at you and says, you are altogether lovely. Even when you say like the, the bride in Song of Solomon, oh, I'm dark and I'm, I'm dry like the desert tents of the nomads. He says, you're lovely. You're like the fine linen curtains in the holy place because he sees you as righteous and clean and forgiven. Having confessed and repented, he has given you righteousness and holiness and made you clean. And even if you don't feel it, the Bible says, even if your heart condemns you, he is greater than your heart and he knows all things and that he knows that you've given your life to him, you've repented. And if you've made a mistake, if you've sinned and you've messed up, repent, turn from that, say, I'm sorry, God, and by faith receive his mercy. But when you receive his mercy, don't consider yourself stained by that sin anymore. God looks at you and he sees you free. He sees you whole. He sees you forgiven. He calls you lovely. He calls you righteous. And in believing that, you'll begin to enter into the place where you can open your heart and receive the joy he wants to fill you with. But if you believe that you're still a terrible person, shameful, I can't believe I did that, and you can't even forgive yourself, and you hold on to that um, identity of I'm a sinner, I've done the wrong thing, and you, and you repent and confess, but then don't believe you're forgiven, then you're not walking as the righteous by faith. And that's not pleasing to God. Faith pleases God. Any, any sense of still holding on to your guilt and shame after you've repented and confessed isn't holiness, it's unbelief. And that unbelief will torment you. It will take up the space that God wants to fill with joy, genuine joy and genuine freedom. You see, this is why it's called the good news. It's so good. The good news of the gospel is yours to receive and believe. You need to humble yourself like a little child and say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me, Jesus. Speak to me. Help me. Speak to me what you think about me. What do you say about me, God? If he puts his finger on something you're doing that's wrong, then don't just dismiss it. Repent, say, oh, that's wrong, God. I shouldn't do that. I'm sorry. I thank you, God. I give you that sin. I give you that bad habit. Help me. I receive strength. Your word says that you make a way of escape in every temptation. Your word says that it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And he is full of power. So I open my mouth and I'm gonna declare, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Let the weak say, I am strong, hallelujah. And begin with your words to wage war with the word of God and shake off that identity of sin and bondage. Shake it off and say, no, I'm going to arise. I'm not going to sit in the ashes of my defeat and my, my sin and my mess. 
I'm not going to live here anymore. I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up as though I can pay for my sin. I'm going to sorrow over it and say, that was terrible. I'm so sorry, God. Have mercy on me. I turn away from that and make whatever changes I need to make to draw a line and say, no, I'm not, that's not who I am and that's not what I do anymore. But I'm also going to recognize it's not in my own strength that I'm resisting sin. It's in His strength. I'm going to run to Him knowing, thank you, God, that you forgive me. Thank you, God, I'm clean. And Lord, right now as I come to you, remind me the truth of who I am. The Bible tells us in the book of James that if any man's a hearer of the Word and not a doer, it's because he's like a man who looked at his natural face in the mirror and then walked away and forgot what he looked like. So God doesn't want you to walk away and forget what you look like and think you've got to do it in your own strength. He wants you to come to Him and get honest, get vulnerable and real with Him and say, Lord, help. My deep need cries out to the deep kindness of your love. I need love. I need encouragement. You are love. Come and fill me. I remember being on an altar once years and years ago and um, saying to the Lord, God, I feel like my need is just like this big, deep, jagged cut from all the rejection and the things that I experienced through my life. I feel like I've just got this big, jagged, jagged piece missing out of my heart. Help, God. And I was repenting for looking to everybody else to try and fill me with that need, fill that need, fill that void for affirmation, acceptance in my life. But as I came on the altar and just said, help God, I saw a vision of the big jagged piece in my heart. And then I saw a piece from heaven coming, shaped to fill right down to the deepest point of that cut. And you know, that is exactly what God wants to do for both of us. He wants you and he wants me to go to him continually and say, I have need. That need is not a once-off thing. You and I were created for fellowship. That's why social, social distancing and, and staying away from each other is so hard because we were created for connection. But you were created even more for connection with Him. And if you can't be connected to other people, that, that doesn't need to be the source of your happiness. In fact, if you are looking for other people to do that and you rely on other people to do that, you are missing out on the depth and the true experience of what genuine love and genuine joy looks like. When you learn how to find what you need from Him, then every relationship you have can become healthy in that you're no longer drawing on them to fill your need, but everything that they give is icing on the cake and you are overflowing with an abundance of love and encouragement to be able to share with people and point them toward the one who satisfies your heart. As they see you bubbling over with joy, they're gonna to wanna to know the reason for your hope. As they see you bubbling over with testimonies of God's goodness, your mouth filled with the words of life and hope and that which is um, pure and lovely and of a good report, as they see your eyes sparkling with joy and your, your conversation filled with joy and delight and hope, they're going to ask you the reason for that. And that's, that's how we are created to live. You and I were created for love, created to be loved. When you wake up tomorrow morning, why don't you just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. 
Lord, I need your love. I need your love today. Come and love me. Love me to the level of my deepest need. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Come and fill me. And ask it not as a victim, but ask it in faith, believing that he absolutely will. In fact, he's waiting for you to wake up. He's speaking to you through the night season and he's ready there to smile at you. The Bible tells us in Numbers chapter six that he makes his face shine on us. You can wake up and have faith that he is looking at you with eyes of love, ready to fill you with so much strength, so much joy, so much love that everywhere you go, you will be a reflection of his majesty, of his peace, of his life, and that people who look at you will experience the presence of God. People who talk to you on the phone or in your Zoom meetings or whatever you do will experience true life, true love, true peace. They will experience Jesus because as he is, so are we in this world. We just need to remember. We just need to look into his face. We need to get vulnerable with God and say, I need you, God. I need encouragement. Encourage me today. Tell me where to read. Help me, Lord. Open my eyes to see. I thank you. You said your sheep hear your voice. I'm one of your sheep. Father, because I've given you my sin and received your mercy in exchange. I've given you my life and I've received you as Lord of my life. I'm one of your sheep, God. Not by works, but by grace, by faith and your great grace for me, Lord. I receive and I am one of your sheep and your word says your sheep hear your voice. So today, my ear is attuned to listen. You said ask for daily bread. So daily, today, Lord, I'm asking for that daily rhema word. I want, I want you to speak to me. Talk to me, Lord. Tell me what you think about me. Lord, tell me what you wanna say. Sometimes when I was younger, I'd go to him and say, say, speak to me, Lord, I can take it. Anything you wanna say, expecting him to tell me what was wrong and what I needed to fix. And he'd say, I love you. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, fix me. Any, come on, I can take it, God. Cut me deep, Lord, sort me out. And he'd look at me and he'd smile and say, you're loved, you're forgiven, you're holy, you're kind. I'd be like, but God, I'm, I'm selfish and I'm this and I'm that. And he'd say, have you confessed your sin? Have you received my mercy? He says, that's not your identity. You're holy, you're kind, you're unselfish, you're generous, you're beautiful, you're faithful, you're altogether lovely. This is who he is. And as soon as you start agreeing with him about what he says about you, the sooner you do that, the, the sooner you'll be able to experience the fullness of his love in a continual way. And with the same measure that you're judging yourself, you'll then judge others. So if you're critical of yourself, you'll be critical of others. If you're believing what God says about you, having received his grace and his mercy, if you'll agree with God that you're forgiven. Ah, by grace, through faith, I've been made holy as you are, so am I in this world. I'm loved, I'm forgiven, I'm clean, I'm pure, I'm righteous. Then when you look at your brothers and sisters, instead of judging them, you will believe the best. You'll speak words of life. You won't bite and devour and judge one another, but you will love them. My prayer for you today is that if you don't know my Jesus, 
that you'd humble yourself and say, Lord, I want to have a relationship with you like she has. And my heart's desire is, is only a little compared to the desire of God. His heart desire for you is that you would cry out to Him and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me for my sin. I believe Jesus died and rose again. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. I receive Jesus as my Saviour, my Lord and my King. And when you do that, the Bible says you will be born again. You are forgiven. You receive His Spirit and eternal life. Please make sure you write to us and let us know if you have just done that. That's such a powerful thing to do. God bless you. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you right now. If you've been watching and you, you've said, I really want that, I want you to pray with me. And then I'm going to ask Pastor Rebecca to come up and we're going to prophesy over a few of you. And then we're going to have communion groups together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're doing well. God is good. So let me pray. If you don't know the Lord Jesus, you might know about Him. You might agree with what we're doing here, you might believe in God and you might sympathize with us. But it's another thing to actually humble yourself and make a decision to cross the line and say, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So if you want to do that today, I want to ask you to pray this prayer out loud with me. And if you do, I want you just to um, comment below and tell me if you've prayed this prayer with us, because we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you by name this week and help you and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. So pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. Lord, have mercy on me. I need your forgiveness. Forgive me for everything I've ever done. Lord, I'm so sorry. Have mercy on me. I receive your mercy, your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. You take my sin and you, you, you cast it away and you don't remember it anymore. Come into my life, Lord. Make me new on the inside. Fill me with your spirit, I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, or if you've rededicated your life to the Lord, would you comment and let us know or write in to us? Because we'd love to be able to pray with you. We'd love to connect you with someone to help you in your walk. We want to pray for you by name. I'd love to be praying for you by name this week. We'd love to help you uh, learn how to hear His voice through the Word of God. And we'd love to be praying with you and know that you have been Join to our family. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. And that is so powerful. Go and tell somebody. You can do it online here. And I encourage you to tell somebody you know and love that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's so wonderful. Hallelujah. Come on up, Rebecca. Hallelujah. I feel like we need some canned clapping here. Yay. I miss hearing all of your voices and your claps and your cheering. Harry, Travis, I miss you. I'm going to pretend you're here and I know you're online. <laughs> hey, Beck, how are you? How are you coping with all of this? 
um, self-isolating and everything. You're a teacher, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. But um, I just, yeah, such an interesting time. But such a time to, what an invitation to spend more time with God. Oh, oh yes. My oh, my goodness. And that was such an amazing message. Oh, Thanks, Beck. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray for some of you watching. And then we're going to, um, we're going to go together into little Zoom groups and prophesy and pray and encourage each other and pray for each other. It's so important. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens. And uh, that's what you do, Glory City. Uh, you do that so beautifully, the way that you love one another. The, the, the fivefold gifts are to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So we want to do the work of the ministry tonight in our communion groups. But before we do that, um, we're going to pray for some people online. So have you got a few people there that, you, that you're seeing? Tom's been writing down some people that he wants me to pray for. You go ahead. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.